Decoding Real Estate. Hello and welcome to Decoding Real Estate, a podcast from Realtors Property Resource. I'm host Reggie Nicolay, joined by my co-host Jeannie Willett, and today we have a show focused on setting proper buyer expectations to help minimize buyer remorse. And to do that, we're going to focus on feelings. Just kidding. (laughs) But seriously, you know, buyer feelings, because we'll be looking at how realtors can embrace their market expertise to educate and clarify what their buyer prospects need to know at each step of the transaction, including those possible obstacles, helping clients feel confident with their decisions. That's so important, Jeannie. I mean, many buyers are feeling a juxtaposition. Just a year ago, interest rates were low. And buyers were often facing a lot of competition for a small supply of inventory. Meanwhile, homeowners continued to build record high levels of equity. And then inflation begins to creep in and mortgage rates begin to rise. And then now buyers are wrestling with affordability. And there's this extra confusion about what's going to happen next in the market. And who better to guide us through this conversation than Bernice Ross? CEO and president at Brokerage Up Inc. and realestatecoach.com. She's a nationally syndicated columnist, author, trainer, and international speaker with 35 years of real estate sales experience. Recently, Bernice published an article on strategies to rescue clients from buyer's remorse. We thought this was a good topic for the times. Let's kick off our interview with Bernice Ross. Hi, Bernice. Welcome to the podcast. We're really looking forward to having a conversation with you today. I'm very excited to be here, Reggie, and to talk about, you know, one of my favorite things is how do you keep your deals together? How do you negotiate them? Right. And with interest rates and inventory levels rising, prices are beginning to soften in so many areas. And although it's still home specific, agents are seeing much less of those wild over-asking offers with all those contingencies removed. And it's forcing buyers to consider how all those changes are affecting their own plans of home ownership. And you recently published an article on Inman where you tackled some of the top ways agents can help their buyers steer clear of buyer's remorse and instead set their expectations appropriately at each step of the transaction. And you know, knowing the work and commitment that an agent puts into each and every client, it's probably safe to assume it's their goal for every buyer to remain happy with their choice and commitment after the sale closes, which is exactly where we want to focus with you today. Couldn't agree with you more, Reggie. So to jump right in, I know that when my husband and I met with our realtor before we started touring homes, we really had no idea what the process would be like. That initial understanding of what we were getting ourselves into was so important. So in that first meeting, talk a little bit about the importance of starting off with an in-depth buyer interview built around assessing what your clients' wants and needs are. Well, this is something I've been using for uh, almost the entire 40 years I've been in the business, and I've trained thousands of agents to use it, and it just works. And what it involves is sitting down and asking, you know, did you, you know, and I'll ask you, Jeannie, did your agent ask you about your lifestyle. What do you like to do for recreation? Which parts of the house do you use the most and for what purposes? What are the things that you really have to have 
versus what do you want? You want to you never ask them how many people in their family because that violates fair housing rules. And you want to ask the question, how many people in your household? Also, be sure to ask about their pets. I've got neighbors, their pets are more important than their kids. I mean, that's it. They're done. You know, the pets matter. So the question becomes, then what else do you need to ask? And one of the things that I found that's very effective, it's a closing question. Jeannie, what are the five things that you absolutely must have if you were to buy a house today? I know when we initially bought our house, we were living in a little guest house for a long time. And so I... When he asked us what our must-haves were, I wanted a bathtub, which we didn't have in our in our little um, apartment, and I wanted a um, dishwasher. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I it, it helped set level set expectations, um, and then and it actually really helped when we went looking for houses. There were definitely houses that did not have those things, and we knew we weren't going to install them or renovate. So it helped cross things off the list right away too. And it helped us maybe find a house that, you know, wasn't our dream house, but had the things that we wanted in it. Um, Look at it, you know, uh, more seriously. Well, you know, when you hit, that's such an important point. I imagine that you had location and price range were two things that were an issue. Oh, definitely. We were pregnant with our first child at the time too. So school districts and all of that was a, a strong consideration as well. Feeling comfortable you know, walking in a stroller around the neighborhood, those were must-haves too. So, you you know, you just gave five must-haves. And so it's important now when you're showing property that you stay focused on the must-haves. So when you go out to look at a property, but one of the things I'd like to ask you, so we talked about the things that your house must have, Jeannie. So if I show you a property and it meets the criteria you've given me, but you're not writing an offer on it, Will you be okay with me asking, what are the reasons that you're not buying this property? And notice I didn't ask why. I asked, what are the reasons? You always want to ask how, what questions, why puts you on defensive. So what that lets me do, sometimes in the process of showing property, people discover they really do want that formal dining room for grandma's table that's been in the family for three generations. So you might not have uncovered that initially. But all the time, you want to keep them focused on that top five. But what that question does is it lets you just, you know, it lets you close them on every single showing. If you're not buying this house, what are the reasons? Because this is going to help me perfect my search for you. So these are fantastic points. Outside of the buyer needs in that first appointment, what else should you be talking about? I know that, you know, there's a lot of contracts and forms that come into the equation. Is this the right time for an agent to have that discussion as well? Well, the first thing that you want to do, give them copies of the contract. So the purchase contract, sample disclosure statements. You can, uh, you know, talk to them about, you know, for example, I was in Southern California, you know, you're in Northern California, Reggie, right? right. So you've right. got earthquake issues and right. other kinds of things with landslides that take place where you are. Prepare them for that. You know, when you're looking at properties in Southern California, they're going to be cracks because the ground moves. So helping them to be realistic about what's going on. But for me, too, uh, in my area, our company required that everybody does a geological report because of the quakes. And that way they know what they're getting into. Yes. Good point about understanding your risks. Recently, RPR integrated with Climate Check, 
And I had the pleasure of talking with Cal Inman on the podcast. We talked about their purpose, and it's really all about ensuring that homeowners understand the climate-related risks that they're facing uh, when they buy in a specific area. But then more importantly, how can they minimize those risks going forward? So I think that's a great point, Bernice. You kind of mentioned this, but the closing process itself can be so confusing. What do you recommend agents do to communicate the closing process before getting out and previewing homes? Well, uh, at the company I worked for, we had a checklist, I think of about 81 steps that I needed to take as the buyer's agent and over 90 steps on the seller side. So here's the list of what is going to be required to close your transaction. And I'm going to handle most of this, but there are things that you need to know that are on the list. And also in that conversation, because we so rely on text, most people don't answer their phones. Right. You always want to ask, how would you like me to communicate with you? If it's text or email, that's fine. But then you have the conversation. If you get a phone call from me, you need to call me back right away because it's urgent. So you need to set that parameter. Now, I know with text message, you may get through before the phone call does, but, you know, set that up that we need to talk right away. So if you get that message, it's very important. Okay, so let's let's move on and assume now realtors gone through this initial meeting. They've knocked it out of the park. They've pre-communicated everything they can. They've gone through the contracts, closing costs. But now it's really, and, and they've pretty much level set any expectations there. Let's face it. And, and he did touch on this. I just kind of want to circle back, but everyone's looking for that dream home, right? And you're about to go out and look at these homes. You've been quoted as saying such a thing as oh, there's that's not my quote. <laughs> okay. Well, I know you said it though, right? There's no such thing as a hundred percent house. And I think it gets at something very important that you were just bringing it up with those, you know, character, what's most important, you know? So how do you prioritize uh, you know, what, what your buyer's telling you they're looking for. Well, here's the conversation. First, I have to give credit to John Douglas, who was okay. the man that I worked for for 18 years. And uh, he built a company that in the 1990s was doing a billion dollars a month in sales. Wow. In the 1990s. Yes. Yes. And one of the things uh, Jack always used to say, there's no such thing as a 100% house. And I've added to this for people who are married, you can say this. And there's no such thing as a 100% spouse, which <laughs> set of warts are you willing to live with? And they'll laugh, you know, right. if you're not married, then it, you know, you're not going to use that, obviously. But the point being, is that when you find a property that satisfies 95% of the criteria that you have in buying a house, that's a house you should put an offer in on. One of the things that will happen sometimes, especially as you have more inventory on the market and people can choose more, you know, you're going to go through their criteria that, you know, I will go through the criteria, say, for example, Jeannie, that you gave me. Here are the five houses, in my opinion, that are the ones I feel that best match you, your, you know, your family, your needs. And we'll take a look at those. And if you want, we'll go look at the next five. But then at that point, we're getting to things that are not as good of a fit. So the question becomes, are you going to write an offer on one of these houses? If not, then there are a couple of ways to go. First of all, they say, well, gee, I really have to have, you know, I've got to have another bedroom 
or I need to be in a better school district, or I need more square footage, or I need to be in this location. The question becomes, are you going to settle for less house in a better location, or can you qualify for a better house in a different location? And notice I ask the questions. I'm not telling them it's not available. I'm giving them two options. And the, the, those are the options. You know, I can't pull a rabbit out of the hat if it isn't on the market. Yeah, those are really great tips. And knowing that price is one of the biggest areas for potential buyer remorse, what can an agent do to level set expectations around both the offer and the sales price? Well, one of the things that you can do with buyers is uh, on realtor.com, they give you automated valuation models. So, so for example, with Zillow, their estimate is an AVM. RPR, you have the RVM. That's another estimate. And what I'm loving about what you're doing over at uh, RPR is that your data, you're just going back 30 days. So that means you've got some of the most recent data. It is definitely powerful to have those MLS relationships. And one other thing I was going to ask you about that. So would you also say that is a good time for a buyer side CMA perhaps to take it a little further? Well, certainly for any house that they're interested in, I want to pull up an RPR report. I think that's one of the best things I can do is give them that report for the ones that they're interested in. And then uh, I also want to look at the valuations, but knowing the market's shifting, I need to have a handle on that as well. So uh, the thing that you do have to do in a rising interest rate environment, and I hate to say this, but you know, the feds are talking about going up over another three quarter, you know, going up another one half to three quarters of a point. That's 50 to 75 basis points. And we, you know, we just popped, we just topped 7% on interest rates. So, you know, we could be heading for eight. You need to write that into the contract that don't promise your clients they're going to get a 7% rate. It may be seven and three quarters or 8%. Now, one of the things you can do, the adjustable rate mortgages are lower if they have applied for a fixed rate loan. And let me tell you, this is a lender game the lenders play. What'll happen, rates go up. Gee, they ask for more more documentation. Your loan contingency time runs out. And guess what? You have to take the higher rate. So you need to be prepared for that. So you need to write a higher contract rate in and just say, I'm going to write this at 8%. Let's get you qualified at that. So if you find a house you really do want, then at that point, you know, you really should go ahead and purchase it because what's going to happen, we're going to get this price decline now, but then three to five years when it gets, you know, it'll shift, it's cyclical market, it's going to go down and it's going to, when it shoots up, it's going to go like a skyrocket. It'll turn very quickly. So you'll get your money back unless you've got something really weird with your property, but 95% of the time you're going to get your money back. So we've now dealt with price as well and affordability, um, which again, I'm, I'm seeing how that definitely helps the buyer. So I want to circle back to something you were just talking about with reporting and getting more information about a property in a market. So like, what specifically do you think, you know, outside of the property report, which I do believe is fantastic because that's going to tell you about the home and its history. Do you have any other resources that you turn to when you're looking for, you know, data on homes or the, or the surrounding market? Well, I like, uh, obviously, I like the Clue database. Uh-huh. And this gives you, you know, given that we've had you know, this incredible hurricane, Ian, that has just yeah. devastated Florida. 
Uh, you want to look at, at something called the Clue database. This is the Comprehensive Loss Underwriting Exchange, CLUE. But what it does, it tells you if there are any insurance claims against the property. The other one I like is homedisclosure.com. It's free. What it does is it gives you, in addition to the what you see on most property reports and things about schools, it gives you things about environmental hazards and it gives you your earthquake risk, other kinds of things are there's radon, is there noise from the airport? Uh, you know, how bad is it? Is there noise from other kinds of things going on that, you know, in the nearby areas? So buyers will buy almost anything if they know what they're getting ahead of time. So you've got to think full disclosure. And then my role is that as your realtor is to provide the best possible information to you so you can make the right decision for your family or for yourself. So now as an agent, you've navigated every step successfully and you've accepted an offer. How important is it to provide your client with the key transaction dates now? Oh, this is critical because people don't understand if the um, inspection contingency, the geological contingency, the loan contingency, (laughs) if that date why the expression is it goes hard and being hard meaning is that you no longer have that as an out. So you want to make sure that you're writing, you know, this environment that we're in where there's, you, uh, we've been hearing all these lenders are laying people off. So that means for those people processing loans, I would be uh, asking to have my loan contingencies push out just about to the end of the day, you know, to the you know, escrow period or to the you know, period that, uh, that, you know, your whatever your closing date is. But you want to give yourself time to maneuver if there is a low appraisal. Uh, it's more likely, I think we're more likely to see low appraisals, but they may be justified given that prices are falling. And lenders are going to want to get ahead of that because they're doing 80 or 90% loan. Right. They don't want to get caught. And they, let me tell you, they will play the games to do it. I've seen it played in every downturn. <laughs> This is number my fifth rodeo on this one. <laughs> That's what makes your insights so valuable, Bernice. I mean, uh, honestly, they, they really are. And I mean, so getting through this, I'm wondering what other tips you have maybe that we didn't ask for. I mean, what can an agent do besides what we've talked about already to keep those waters calm and, and ultimately moving in the buyer's best interest? Well, first of all, uh, one of my trainers used to use this. I love this idea. So what she would do she would get a box, you know, uh, get a little four pack of Godiva's truffles <laughs> and give it to, you know, if you had a husband and wife or, you know, partners buying, you give one to each, each person buying. My the wife would eat mine. Uh, no, no, you can have one of them. <laughs> yes. I want you to have one right now, Reggie. Okay. I'm going to eat it before she gets it. Yeah, it's like no, you know, you're not going first. (laughs) (laughs) Although it's it's a race, maybe. So I want you to have one. I want you to save the other three. But this is to remind you how sweet your transaction will be. You know how sweet it'll be when your transaction closes and you're living in your new home and you're and by the way, I turn up the penny close, Jenny, and you're out of that little tiny (laughs) guest house with no bathtub and not even a dishwasher. It's rough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know this days. is yep. this is this is like you know that's the turn up the pain clothes that you just heard. Right. So anyway, what happens is so what she would do, she'd give this to them, you know, and she says, uh, and ninety five percent of the time, 
the transactions are, tell them 95% of the time, transactions will have a problem that is so severe that we're going to, you're going to think this deal is going to fall apart. But 90% of the time, and this is the advantage of having a, a really good realtor, we get those problems solved and get you closed. So what I'm going to do, if I've got a problem, the first, you know, the first thing I'm going to do is tell you to go have another Godiva chocolate. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm dosing up with sugar and raising your beta endorphins so you're in a better mood. But you've also set the expectation that by setting this ahead of time, there's going to be a problem. But here's, you know, we're going to work through it. So when you go through what the issue is, and then what when something comes up, then, you know, say there's a roof problem, you want to give them the options. And, um, you know, you, you can, you know, uh, you can ask the seller to, you know, to give you a credit and tell, let me assure you that you probably want to do the choose your own roofer generally. Just, I went, I got called into court on that by one of my attorney clients, had somebody who went up and did a half baked job on the roof. And we ended up in court when the roof leaked right on her six month old babies. Oh, yes. yeah. Needless to say, and the judge ruled that, you know, and the seller said, well, I hired this roofer. And he says, you're responsible, sir. It was your house. So, um, and I mean, the worst case for me uh, is I had a listing, uh, it was 1.2 million and my uh, seller was the bank, it was in a downturn. And I had my own buyer who was an attorney and brand new property, city of LA, said it was all to code, signed off on it. And her geological report comes back saying that this property, their hillside and back of it could collapse on it. Um, and I gave her three options. I said, you can get another inspection. Uh, you can go with the city's report or you can cancel. She chose to cancel, unfortunately. But I tell you what, when that property slid uh, four months later in a big rain in California, something I've seen for a while, uh, I was really happy she was not living in that property. Yeah, so, you know, it's like give the give the give your buyers a choice. Give them the options. What can you know? What do you want to do? And then let them choose. It's their house and it's their decision. And by the way, whenever you are talking to your clients, you would say, "My role is to help you get through this process to give you the best possible information." But it's your house. It's your mortgage. It's your decision. Emphasize that. Don't get sucked into deciding for them. What a timely conversation today, Bernice. This is really going to help a lot of agents that are out there listening to this, maybe have parts of this equation right, but not all of them. You know, your experience in the industry definitely shows. And we really thank you for taking the time with us today to talk about, you know, ways agents can help, you know, eliminate or, or minimize buyer remorse, you know, at every turn. It's my pleasure, Reggie. Thank you. And I'm so excited about what you're doing at RPR. Order, start ordering those reports as part of your listing and your buyer interview process. I hadn't thought about the buyer interview side until today. So that's something I learned from today's session. I love it. Thank you. Yeah, that's a great recommendation. And so we'll have to link some resources in with the podcast for the listeners. Oh, may I uh, make a, uh, you know, a little, if you like what you heard today, check out my training at realestatecoach.com you know, for new and experienced agents and, you know, learn how to use these scripts and dialogues. You're going to need them. <laughs> Is there a website URL you'd send them to uh, in specific? Real, realestatecoach.com. If they're new agents, realestatecoach.com forward slash new agent. Wonderful. And with that, 
Have a fantastic day, and we'll see you again soon.